0: Truth News Network. When nostalgia is memories of restaurants, concerts, walks on the mall, when the good old days include being able to sneeze at Home Depot, when breathing free is a crime against humanity, you need a real leader, one who's focused on the truth, and his name is Dan Newman.
1: Yep. That would be me, folks. Welcome to TNN Live, a production of Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org. So glad to have you join us here today. We got into the middle of this week in the midst of a lot of controversial, most of it centering around Washington, D.C., but it emanates all across the United States, and for that matter, all around the world. Nothing, nothing that happens in the United States happens within a vacuum, It impacts hundreds of countries, about 200 of them to be exact, and billions of people. Now, we only have 330 million Americans, right? 336, I think, is the official number. But it far goes beyond our borders, beyond our shores. We impact with our decisions, especially at the political level, we impact every country on the planet. That's a scary responsibility, and it's one which most people that have served in Washington in our history have been very cognizant of, but cognizance is not a word that really has a lot of meaning in this administration, in this White House, and it begins at the very top. I'm not going to denigrate the fact that our president has some cognitive uh, challenges right now. That's not something to scoff at or make fun of. That's not our point. But what I am pointing out is there's a lot that's being missed. And I think a lot of the important things that are being missed can be tied directly to the fact that President Biden um, I don't know. It looks almost like the cheese has slipped off his bread a little bit to me. All that being said, we're going to muddle through it. We have a big show for you today. We have our Correspondent from down in the Rio Grande Valley that's going to check in with us in about 20 minutes, Todd Breeland. Some news from the Valley, which comes out every day. But let's start the day in Washington, D.C., and let's get this uh, Pelosi Circus that's going on on Capitol Hill. Let's get it taken care of. It's finally here. We've been hearing about it now for months. It's an opportunity for the Pelosi Circus and the shift Show to, for the fourth time now, try to saddle Donald Trump with a responsibility for a real tragedy, less of his doing, than the doings of Pelosi, Schiff, Schumer, and other Democrats. The January 6th charade is fired up on Capitol Hill. But there are some problems for Democrats. It starts with this one. The facts don't support their anti-Trump allegation. Now, there's no doubt there were a bunch of folks at the Capitol that day that did some really bad things. No doubt about that. Who are they and what they individually did may never be known in full. But the facts of the incidents in January that are known do implicate some folks, but none implicate the former president. In the upcoming days, we'll chronicle for you the facts of January 6, 2020, and we'll point to who were the real perpetrators. All this happened while Pelosi and Schiff, they're gonna march out their foils so they can one more time try to make a case to run Donald Trump out of Washington. Hey Nancy, hey Adam, he doesn't live in Washington anymore. If it wasn't that there are a couple of really serious things that these members of Congress should be handling instead of another fake inquest into just one more nothing burger. It would be funny. Personally, folks, I love to watch Schiff and Pelosi embarrass themselves over and over. Pelosi's charade at the State of the Union. You remember that which he tore up Trump's speech transcript right at the end of his speech? That with Schiff's incessant claims of, quote, uncontroverted proof in hand, that proves Donald Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 26th election from Hillary Clinton. Remember all that? Non-stop. Even after the election, he maintained for four years, all four years of the Trump administration, that Trump stole the election from Hillary. And all of that frames this latest chapter of Get Trump Any Way You Can. And we'll give you the facts every day nothing but the facts, as this waste of time and taxpayer dollars play out. So who's responsible for all this chaos? Officials in charge of security for the U.S. Capitol that day, they blamed poor intelligence and sluggish response from the federal government on day one of the Pelosi Select Committee hearings for the deadly riot that did threaten the peaceful transfer of power, no question about it. Yesterday, former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund testified at a joint Senate committee hearing on security and intelligence failings leading up to that riot, that intelligence reports compiled from information from the Capitol Police, the FBI, Secret Service, Homeland Security, and even the Washington Metropolitan Police. All those inputs showed that the level of probability of acts of civil disobedience arrest on January 6th range from, listen to this, all of those reports. They range from remote, as a possibility, to improbable. Sun testified, and he said this, In addition, the daily intelligence report indicated that the Secretary of Homeland Security has not issued an elevated or imminent alert at this time. Without the intelligence to properly prepare, The U.S. Capitol Police was significantly outnumbered and left to defend the Capitol against an extremely violent mob. Now, this is the former head of the cops, the Capitol Hill Police. He said that despite a bunch of online chatter, a whole bunch, and numerous media reports that protesters were targeting the electoral vote count during the joint session of Congress asked about a January 5th threat report from the FBI's field office outside of Norfolk, Virginia. That report that came in the day before the insurrection detailed some specific calls online for violence at the Capitol, including that protesters be ready to fight and show up for a war. Sun testified that it had gone to an intelligence official with the Capitol Police, and that he hadn't seen that report. Robert Conte, acting chief of the Washington police, said he'd not seen the memo, which was, quote, not fully vetted on January 6th either. Now that's just kind of, that's unbelievable. It, I, I just can't swallow that. These are the two guys at the top of this thing. And all of this chatter coming out of Norfolk, Virginia, which is just a few miles away from D.C., and the Capitol, and they were saying, come to D.C., get ready for war, and these reports had been coming in day after day, week after week, even months ahead of January 6th, to the various of the intelligence agencies in the U.S., and these guys didn't know about it? I call BS. What the FBI sent, ma'am, on January 5th was in the form of an email. This is Sund again saying, adding that he would think a warning that something as violent as an insurrection at the Capitol would warrant a phone call or something. In other words, he got it, but uh, I didn't see it. The former House and Senate Sergeants at Arms also testified. They did not see the FBI memo. Now. I don't know how deep I want to go into this, but I just want to make it very clear. What's happening in Washington, what's happening at the Capitol has nothing to do with finding the truth of the responsibility, who, what, and why for the January 6th riot that took place. If it was what they were shooting for, they would be talking to the people who are really in charge from the top of what going on in that Capitol every day. Who would that be? It falls right on one person, the Speaker of the House. Who was the Speaker of the House on January 6th? Nancy Pelosi. This guy Conti said that he and Son called the National Guard, and they called for help right after the mob stormed the Capitol, and that he was dismayed by the response he received from the Army. He said this, at 2.22 p.m., now think about the timing of this: 2:22 pm. A call was convened with, among others, myself, leadership of the Capitol Police, .DC. National Guard, and the Department of the Army, Conte said. I was stunned at the response from the Army, which was reluctant to send the DC. National Guard to the Capitol. While I certainly understand the importance of both planning and public perception, the factors cited by the staff on the call, These issues become secondary when you're watching your employees, vastly outnumbered by a mob being physically assaulted. I was able to quickly deploy Metropolitan Police Department, issue directives to them while they were in the field, and I was honestly shocked that the National Guard could not or would not do the same, he added. Let me tell you why. I'm just going to inject this here. You won't hear this in testimony in this hearing. But I can tell you exactly why the National Guard didn't want to jump in there. Donald Trump and his White House had reached out to the D.C. National Guard a couple of weeks before this and asked them if they would come forward to the area around the Capitol in the White House and make a very public appearance that The military were here to protect this old thing, and everybody there that day. And guess who shut that down? Nancy Pelosi. She did not want the optics of the military to be there to make it look like we were living in fear in Washington, D.C. And then, of course, we all know what happened right after January 6th. She spent about a million dollars, a billion dollars to have the National Guard there 24-7 with the big fences, and why did she do that? Because now it was out. Donald Trump instigated all of this stuff, and we're not safe. We've got to show the nation and the world that we're not going to bow to what a sycophant tyrant tried to do, to steal an administration and an election. Sun stepped back to the microphone. He said in his prepared remarks that Army Lieutenant General Walter Piat said on the conference call he didn't like the visual of the National Guard standing a line with the Capitol in the background, and he would rather that the Capitol police officers be pulled from other posts to handle the protesters. Sun said later that the first 150 members of the National Guard were not sworn in on Capitol grounds until 5.40 p.m. that day, four and a half hours after he first requested them. This is Sund saying this, and three and a half hours after my request was approved by the Capitol Police Board. If this is really an emergency, shouldn't it be treated like an emergency? Shouldn't the people that have as their sole obligation to protect the United States Capitol, the grounds around it, and protect all that are within there. And you would expect that they would expect there to occasionally be something really big in the wings that they needed to be careful didn't come their way. Sun said he also asked Stinger, Stinger, for help ahead of time. Instead of approving the use of the National Guard, Mr. Stinger suggested I ask them how quickly we could get support if needed and to lean forward in case we had to request assistance on January 6th. Sun said again, the pair were also slow to respond during the riot. He said this, At 109, 1.09 p.m., I notified the two sergeants at arms that I urgently needed support and asked them to declare a state of emergency and authorize the National Guard. I was advised by Mr. Irving that he needed to run it up the chain of command. I continued to follow up with Mr. Irving, who was with Mr. Stinger at the time, and he advised that he was waiting to hear back from congressional leadership, but he expected authorization at any moment. Irving then pushed back its stuns account, saying he didn't recall speaking to him that time, had no record of any phone calls or text messages from Sund, and never said he had to run Sund's request up the chain of command. He also denied that he'd voiced any concern about optics. Irving said that's categorically false. Optics, as portrayed in the media, did not determine our security posture. Safety was always paramount when evaluating security for January 6th. We did discuss whether the intelligence warranted having troops at the Capitol, and our collective judgment at that time was no. The intelligence did not warrant that. Now, let me just, let me just tell you this. If you saw any of the bits and pieces of that fiasco yesterday at the Capitol, you were spoon-fed... The accounts given by three of the people that testified, they were obviously their officers, Capitol Hill police, no doubt about it, three of the four. And they were upset, but you could very easily see. they were all on the same page, and the context in which they reported and testified was exactly the same between them. It was pretty much poor us. It was pretty much, I can't believe people would do this. And they didn't come out and say it, but they placed the blame for everything that happened on the guy that just left the White House six months ago. And the media, the lapdogs of the Democrat Party, they picked this up breathlessly and you saw and heard it everywhere. But you didn't hear any of the testimony I just gave to you. That's the way this is going to play out for as long as it plays out. And listen to me, folks. Nancy, she needs this to play out all the way through November of next year. They have to have some way to try to ramp up a fourth attempt to drive Donald Trump off the planet. They are horrified, not so much of Trump, but the fact that the American people were awakened by a politician who wasn't really a politician. We're going to take a short break and be back after this with a special guest. Don't go anywhere. Back in a moment at TNN Live. Sit tight. You're going to enjoy this call.
0: The world tells you to wait that waiting is polite, and good things will just come. But if I waited to be invited in, I never would have stood out. If I waited for change to happen, I never would have made a difference. So make the first move. Don't wait to be told your place, take it. Don't wait for people to find you, find them. In work, in love, in life. And most of all, don't wait to be given power because here's what they won't tell you.
2: We already have it.
0: This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water.
2: Hey, come on now.
0: Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. I'm a Verizon engineer. And today, we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband.
2: It will change your phone
0: and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. As politics grow ever more chaotic, remember this truth. When you're taking heavy flack, it usually means you're over the the target. target. Open the Bombay doors. TruthNewsNet.org. Your pilot on this mission, Dan Newman.
1: And yes, the Bombay doors are open. We're at it, folks. We're attacking the attackers here at Truth News Network, and one of those... Is one of our correspondents. He used to call us from Hidalgo, Texas, way down at the southern border. But today, business has moved Todd Breeland to Central Florida to the Mecca down there that I dearly love. Good morning, sir. Good morning.
3: How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing good up here. I know you're doing good there. <laughs> I, I love this day. <laughs> Hey, listen, I know you stay in close contact with your business ties and everything back in McAllen and in that area of the valley. Give us the latest. Yeah. What are you hearing about this surge across our southern border that never seems to slow down, but also more and more information is leaking out that there are some real serious problems underway? Well,
3: Dan, it, 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 it's a gravity to be it, it, it is a total disaster of what is happening on our southern border. Yeah, the government's, government's real concerned about Delta variant of COVID. They're so concerned that the doors are wide open. Hey, That's John, just amazing. Hey, yeah.
1: John, we got a little problem with your phone. Are you, what, are, are you talking on speakerphone?
3: I am now off speakerphone. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'm sorry about that.
1: That's okay. Um, you, you said things are getting bad and they know and they're worried about the Delta variant of COVID-19 so much so that they're not doing anything.
3: Exactly. Uh, I'll rephrase that a little bit, uh, but I'll still make it uh, permissible for
2: radio audience.
3: It, uh, it's a travesty what's happening. Yeah, the government is so concerned about Delta variants coming through and our health They're so concerned about the safety and well being of our country and our resident citizens that the southern gate or gates are are wide open. So, what are you hearing? I know this for a fact. What
1: are you hearing? I have
3: video. I have video from persons who are on the ground physically in the McAllen, Texas area of lined persons going into a downtown nonprofit organization headed by the Catholic um, charity group that is literally handing over bags of free things for the taking of those who have entered the country illegally and then are dispersed throughout the Valley, throughout Texas, throughout the country. And I'm all about immigration, as I've stated on this on your show before. We're all immigrants. It, we're a melting pot, obviously. This country is based upon immigrants. But illegal infiltration into our country is one major problem for me. And secondly, when there is no health precautions taking those... Without masks and not being tested, that are free to roam and travel and are given free passes, and I'm not talking of figuratively, but literally free passes to be dispersed throughout the the country. We yes, we have a health issue. We have an illegal immigration issue but all of this is absent because of a political genocide that this administration is running using politics to depopulate our nation and it just seems so weird that the red states are the states that are showing the highest increase of covid go figure and i am really disappointed and i mean we're all at a a point of almost wanting to throw the towel in, what do we do? Will midterms have any impact on changes? Can we hold on until 24? I don't know those answers. You don't know those answers, but I can, I'm not gonna lose faith in this great nation. I think God's will will prevail. But the troubling video that I received yesterday from border patrol shows a side of this problem that the media, mainstream media is not gonna show.
1: Tell us what's in the video specifically.
3: A line from maybe two to 300 people waiting to get in to that group, that nonprofit group, that is not only taking in all illegal immigrants into the McAllen, Texas area, but equipping them with free backpacks filled with giveaways and clothing. Listen, we are all God's people. Everybody deserves a shirt on their back and a meal in their stomach. I get that. I'm not opposed to helping those who are in need, but we have to do it, in my opinion, the right way, Dan. We need to have a vetting system. We, We need to have healthy immigrants doing the right thing of immigration in order for this country to survive, to prosper, to succeed, and the manner in which it's being done, it's very obvious that the influx of new voters for the blue are coming in with no questions being asked and regarding processing, vetting, health, um issues that could impact the rest of the nation and it's just coincidental here it is at back to school time and all the issues that are going on with mass requirements and mandates that are upcoming and but the video that i saw yesterday from border patrol shows the lines of people waiting to get free stuff and then leaving some with masks some without and then I saw a report from a police department in the Rio Grande Valley, an actual uh, valid police report warning the public about health uh, concerns, where a group of immigrants who had recently come into to cross the border in South Texas have were called upon to uh, by authorities from another customer at a, a hamburger establishment that they were coughing. We lost, we lost you quote, there for a second. We lost were, you for a second. Okay, the, the hills of Claremont, Florida maybe have cut out the service, but a police report from a local town in the Rio Grande Valley yesterday posted a health advisory about new residents into a local hamburger restaurant in the valley coughing not wearing masks. authorities were called to escort them out of the establishment where customers feared for their health due to unmasked coughing uh those who were not concerned about what they could be transmitting to others, whether it be COVID or whatever other condition, and there are other diseases and ailments in America versus than just COVID, of course. Sure. And uh, even though the flu or influenza has pretty much disappeared since March of 2020, it still exists, in my opinion. No, COVID. Um,
1: COVID. I, COVID yes, killed sir. the flu. COVID killed the flu.
3: Of oh, course, of course, of
1: course. Hey, hey listen. What, what are you hearing? about the Border Patrol agents down there. We don't hear anything about them, and they're so involved hands on, with these illegals, we know they're being exposed, and the Biden administration's not letting anything out about any of the problems that may be going on with Border Patrol.
3: There are agents who are ill. They've been infected with COVID from close contact of the uh, open door policy. It's what I call the open gates policy. I know right now the Rio Grande Valley which is deep south Texas has eight border patrol agents who are in the ICU. Wow.
1: That's just the one sector, the Rio Grande sector.
3: Yes, sir. I've got chills. I'm disappointed. I'm sad. I have friends who have family. They're bringing home possible transmission because they're in close contact obviously with the um the crossed persons the illegally entering persons who are allowed to come in they're bringing some are bringing ailments that we don't need more issues than we already have so agents are being infected many have Tested, many have tested positive for COVID, and I know of a fact that eight are in the ICU right now, wow. just in that one sector.
1: Wow. Well, in closing, what are they telling you? What are your friends that are in there? They're in the middle of it. What are they saying the prognosis is? Are they getting any guidance from anybody about how to end this, how long it's going to go, what's supposed to happen? It seems to most everybody that it, it changes daily, that there's no coordination, no structure coming from the top. Who are making these calls down there, and what are they telling you is set to happen in the in the near term?
3: Well, the the Rio Grande Valley is considering closing the opening, I mean, the uh, entering point, the bridges. But right now, they're having discussions in South Texas to possibly close, but that takes permission from the top. Uh, of course, the top doesn't want to close those bridges, but if those bridges were connecting us with Cuba, they sure as hell would be closed, because that could be possible red voters and We know this administration doesn't want more red voters, but but right now, there are political powerhouses of South Texas discussing with Border Patrol administration about possibly closing deep South Texas entry point from Mexico.
1: Hey, listen, we're going to have to get, but let me tell you something that uh, we've, we've heard out of Austin. Um, And we've heard from one of our frequent contributors here at TNN Live, who is a member of the U.S. Congress and is a constitutional expert, that there are provisions in the Constitution regarding border patrol, regarding criminality that is supposed to be at the feet, the responsibility of the federal government. If they don't act, the states have the authority to step in to protect their citizens. And so the Governor
3: Abbott is taking steps. Yes.
1: Yes. There's consideration underway right now to do just what you and I and a bunch of other Americans and especially South Texans believe should happen shut the freaking border down and yes. get yes. a handle on this. And, and I'm going to end with this one thing and I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off, Todd. We got to move on. we sure. got so many things we're dealing with and I really appreciate you checking in with us. You're welcome here anytime. I know you've still got business there, even though you vacated the state with your family. Uh, but I want, but yes, you-
3: I, I still own a business there and yeah, I, I have family.
1: Yeah, I know that. Yep. And, and, and yep. so I want you to stay plugged in here, but, um, This all began in the Obama administration when Eric Holder Mm -hmm. was the attorney general. President Obama called him in and said, hey, stop enforcing federal drug laws regarding possession unless it's on the basis and it's defined to be trafficking. And so there's no provision in the Constitution that allows any president or any officer uh, in the United States government to make that arbitrary decision. It's the sole responsibility— of the U S Congress. So that was just like, we're going to test this. We're going to kick the door and see if it'll open up. And then they just started determining, well, what about this immigration crud that we don't like? We don't think it's fair. Well, you and I both know it was all based on a move to create a perpetual majority of voters in the nation that were Democrats, how to do that. Let's flood it. Let's flood it with uh, Latinos and Hispanics. And uh, so they just they just arbitrarily decided to quit enforcing the law. This is going to turn into one of two things, in my opinion. And okay. uh, I get a lot of input here. But in my opinion, we are either going to have some sort of confrontation along the southern border. Don't know what that would look like, but I know there are a lot of people that feel like that needs to happen. Uh, or... We're going to push and push and push and wind up in November of next year, and there will be a bloodletting regarding removing Democrats from federal offices and replacing them with conservatives. And I think that is what has got this administration scared to death.
3: Yeah, they are nervous. They are nervous about next November. Can we last that long? Can the health of our nation— endure another 16 months of this, both, I mean, COVID's real. COVID is a real situation. I am not knocking that. But we've got so many more issues that is being used in addition to COVID as a political genocide that this is a sick administration that continuously spits upon the U.S. Constitution. They've obviously showed no regard to what our founding fathers established to run our university in the most effective manner and a God-fearing nation these puppets up there in DC they make a mockery of God Almighty and it is so infuriating and upsetting at the same time I pray that God's will be done God bless you and God bless our great nation
1: Todd Breland thank you for being down there and keeping us posted you call back anytime we appreciate all your input
3: Much love. Thank you, guys. Bye.
1: Have a good day. Well, there you heard it, folks. Border Patrol agents in intensive care from COVID. They got because Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas. He refuses to test these immigrants and to protect not just the Border Patrol agents. Think about it. But you and me, Americans. Not
0: just political, not just lifestyle. But always relevant. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network.
1: Morning, face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda.
2: Morning,
0: morning. guys. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, what is Hello. that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God. It talks. Right! Oh no, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow. That, what am I... We're
1: moving!
3: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And
1: there's never been a better time to get some.
0: Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home.
1: Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me
3: a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless sleep blower
0: got it. Here she comes.
2: Hey, snuggle- What are you doing, snuggle- Snuggle- Snuggle-
0: I am so out of here. Wait. Come back, Thunder Chunky.
2: There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve.
0: Northern Tool and Equipment.
1: I just can't imagine living in an environment and being fearful because your government refuses to enforce laws to keep you safe. 600,000 felonies committed against just Texans alone. In a two-year period, every one of those at the hands of an illegal alien. 600,000. And those felonies included everything from armed robbery, all the way up to first-degree murder. And this government, this government refuses to enforce immigration laws. All immigration laws, including those legal ones that the United States Congress passed when uh, Joe Biden was in the Congress. Immigration laws, the last batch the feds ever passed. Joe Biden voted for them. Nobody talks about that. The hypocrisy is just, it's frantic. It's totally out of control. Now, we're going to move on from the Capitol Pelosi circus that we started talking about. I point you to our story at TruthNewsNet, TruthNewsNet.org. The lead story today goes into further detail. But before we leave, I want to remind you, there are two Republicans Two Republican members of the House of Representatives that Speaker Pelosi put on her select committee, and those would be two of the biggest rhinos that serve in the House. Rhino meaning Republican in name only. Who would those two be? Well, they would be Liz Cheney and Adam Insminger. Uh, um, What's his name? Adam. You know who I'm talking about the uh, congressman from Ohio. They are in the tank anti-Trump and therefore anti-conservatives. They're two of uh, the least like members in the Republican Party now. After the testimony yesterday, they came out and they described exactly what was going on. Listen to Adam and Liz. Be
3: ready to fight. Congress needs to hear glass breaking. Doors being kicked in, blood from their BLM and Antifa, slave soldiers being spilled. Get violent. Stop calling this a march or a rally or a protest. Go there ready for war. That's some of
1: the lead-up to Cheney and their speeches. And then they face the press. And listen to this short back-and-forth between the press and Adam and Liz. Congressman
2: Cheney and Congressman Kinsinger, what do you say to Republicans who are now calling for you to be stripped of your committee assignments as a result of you serving on this committee uh, through an appointment by Speaker Pelosi? All I have to say to that is we had a big attack on January 6th. We heard very emotional testimony today. And uh, that's what's on the forefront of my mind. And if people want to get petty, um, that's fine. I think that reflects more on people. Uh, than it does on the situation at hand. Uh, This is a historic moment, and this is a democracy defending moment. And uh, no matter the consequences, me and I know Liz will stand and defend democracy. uh,
3: This this morning, uh, Leader McCarthy and, and some of your colleagues were out in front of the Capitol. Their basic message, and I'm boiling it down, was what did Nancy Pelosi know and when did she know it? Um, Some of your other colleagues were down at the Justice Department, or will be, um, defending January 6th prisoners. What's your read on what other members of your conference are doing with their messaging today?
2: Look, um,
0: almost every member of the Republican Conference understood in the, in days immediately after January 6th what had actually happened, and many of them said so publicly, uh, and the fact that, uh, so... Uh, many members of our leadership uh, and others, the fact that they've gone from recognizing what happened on the 6th to uh, protesting in front of the Justice Department um, on behalf of those who were part of the insurrection is is something that I can't explain. Um, uh, I think it's a disgrace Uh, and I know that this committee will be focused on getting to the truth of what happened um, in a non-political, non-partisan way. This This is not a political campaign. Uh, this is deadly serious, and we'll,
3: we'll investigate. We'll investigate
1: every aspect. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger both are sullied. Yeah, you know, they're soiled members of the U.S. House of Representatives because they were turncoats. Now you heard Liz Cheney; that's her talking point. Many of our—oh, no, not many. Almost all of the members of our Congress, the Republicans. They came out and talked about. They really recognized what happened and who was responsible for what happened January 6th. And it's a shame to hear some of those very people now going in front of the Department of Justice and talking bad about what law enforcement is doing in keeping those in jail that were part of that January 6th thing. Now what she's failing to say is the facts weren't all out. The facts were not in the in the public purview after January 6th. They were closely held by guess who, who ran that show, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. It was Democrats. They knew everything. They knew it all. Give an example. Ashley Babbitt died that day. She was the only one of those people that were involved on the quote-unquote riot side, the only one that got shot. She got shot. Ashley Babbitt, a veteran, a white woman, was shot in the back of her left side of her neck by an African-American member of the Capitol Police Force. And based on what the um, coroner of Washington, D.C. said when he did the uh, autopsy of Miss Babbitt, she was murdered. He called it homicide. We don't even know that officer's name. Ashley Babbitt's family doesn't even know that officer's name. Why would they hide that? All of that, folks. Can you imagine what would happen if that man's name was released? What would happen? He would be inundated with people that wanted the facts. They buried it. Any time... You see in politics something being purposely hidden, something that is very serious and very critical and very important. If if politicians don't want it out, they're going to do everything they can to quash it. Why is that? Because they don't want facts being known. So these Republican leaders, several of which were at the Department of Justice protesting yesterday, And by the way, they were accosted by those who had differing opinions, and they had to leave the Department of Justice in front of the building in fear for being hurt. (laughs) That really sounds democratic, Adam Kinzinger. (laughs) And uh, when you find the facts and you dig in, which you're supposed to do, which we're all supposed to do, and if you happen to be an elected official in D.C., it's critical that you do just that. Then you're gonna reach out and find out why. Now, you notice Kinsinger nor Cheney would say anything about the purpose, the details of why those people in Congress were over there at the DOJ. Do you know, we told you there were 500, the FBI announced they had arrested 511 of the perpetrators that day on the January 6th riot. Nobody's been charged with anything critically serious. They won't even tell you who and what the charges are. They've leaked two or three of them. We found out through a back door in the, the DOJ that most of the charges were for things like trespassing on federal grounds. That's not what these members of Congress are up there protesting about. You know what they're up there about? We've been told over 200 of these people have been in jail since they were arrested by the FBI. They've none, none, have been formally charged with anything. They do not get to meet with attorneys. And the reason they don't have to, the FBI says, is because they haven't been formally charged. Means they haven't been in front of a judge. There's been no jail uh, bail meetings or hearings to determine if and what the bail amount would be to get them out until they're tried. (laughs) That's bad enough, folks, but guess what? They're putting them in solitary confinement, no interaction with other people in the facility in which they find themselves, and they're only allowed out of their cells, solitary confinement, one hour a day. 23 hours a day in the cahoot, the caboose, and one hour out. They can go out in the yard, whatever that means. That's what these members of Congress were up there protesting. And if either of this pair, Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney, had any kind of integrity, they would have done the same thing. Or they would have, instead of demeaning those members of Congress that are out there that are supporting that crazy thing, you know, the rule of law, the innocent until proven guilty, the habeas corpus, all of those things, folks, are just being obliterated by this administration, by this Department of Justice. Now, if they can do that to those people, if they can take them, throw them in the slammer, don't charge them, don't give them or allow them to execute any of their constitutional rights, what the heck do you think they do to you? Do you think you're better than any of these people? Folks, this doesn't happen in the United States of America until the Biden administration... Nothing like this has ever happened before. And of course, those watchdogs in the sky, they're all over it, aren't aren't they? Have you heard about anybody being held without being charged? And not just a few, over 200 of them held without being charged. Their families can't talk to them. They're not for sure where they are. They don't know what's going to happen to them. They try to get attorneys to go in, and they won't even let the attorneys. The DOJ won't even give attorneys access to these men and women. This sounds like communist China. This sounds like Turkey and Iran. It certainly doesn't sound like the United States of America. But you know what? It is. This president, on his watch, is doing this. This president, as you heard Todd Breeland say, he has given not one shred of concern on his part or that of his Homeland Security Secretary, Mayorkas, or any of the people working for Joe Biden and the Border Patrol and ICE. They all work for the Commander-in-Chief, folks. No testing of these illegals. No enforcement of border laws. None whatsoever. Pouring tens of billions of taxpayer dollars into whatever they want to do down there with no organization, no structure, no accountability. You know that co-equal branches of government, the three, the judiciary, the executive, and the legislative branches, Congress has oversight responsibilities for all of this stuff. None of that has happened. No answered questions. No access. No freedom of the press. No free speech. We are looking at the tip of totalitarianism. This is what it looks like. Looking back through world history, this is the way it looked in the 1930s leading up to the beginning of World War II when Adolf Hitler took control of the entire nation of Germany. People he didn't like, some of them disappeared. Many of them locked up, no charges, no trials. Some of them summarily executed. Am I going overboard? Do you think I am? Let me know if you feel that way. I'd like to chat with you. Toll free, three seven 37 truth 866-378-7884. So we've got a new wave of COVID-19 in the nation. Everybody knows about it. They are scaring Americans to death left and right. They're talking about the Delta variant. So in the middle of all of this, why doesn't our executive branch of government take responsibility as the leadership team of the nation, give us some factual information, some consistent, some proven, some foundationally positive and accurate information to use to make decisions and just lead us into a way to live through all this? Why are Biden, Fauci, and the CDC publicly blaming and shaming us, unvaccinated Americans, for this new wave of COVID-19? Why are they doing that, folks? You tell me, I have no clue. I have suspicions, but I don't know factually. We talk about things here from time to time that we don't have actual factual information to confirm, but they're in the marketplace of ideas, they're in the world, we know they're going on, and we want you to know. And we do know some things. We know a lot of things that I'm pretty sure they know. At 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but they won't tell us about it. They won't talk about it. Jen Psaki won't stand up there. What kind of things are you talking about? Well, things like this. Uh, From the CDC website, as of July 9th, July 9th, listen to some of this. We talk about this regularly, that VARS section of the CDC website that reports adverse reactions to vaccinations. Let me give you a few. Hospitalizations so far since January 1, 30,781. Urgent care visits, 59,402. Office visits, 82,535. Anaphylaxic shock, 2,487. Bell's palsy, 2,885. Miscarriages, 1,073 babies lost. Heart attacks, 3,906 myocarditis and pericarditis, 2,466 totally disabled Americans, 9,274 thrombocytopenia, which is low platelets, 2,552 other life-threatening actions, 8,832 severe allergic reaction, 20,000 tinnitus, 5,422 deaths, not many, just 10,991. Now remember this, those numbers through Jan, uh, July the ninth are only the reported numbers of each of these medical events that are all reactions, adverse reactions to COVID-19 vaccinations. The CDC itself estimates that a real number would be at a minimum 10 times more than these reported numbers for each adverse event. Now let me ask you this. What else is missing in this? Think about it for a second. What else is missing? How many people how many people have gotten sick with some of these particular things that we just listed that had been reported? How many people that have already been vaccinated have experienced these things? What's the number of people that have died that died with the official cause of death listed as COVID-19 that had already been vaccinated? We're told, not officially because the CDC won't release those numbers, We've been told it's 14,000. So if you add it together conservatively, deaths that they're telling us, they're posting on the Ver site, is 10,991 as of three weeks ago. And it's been leaked that the deaths of those who had been vaccinated and still die of COVID-19 is about 14,000. Let's just say 25,000. Let's say it's um, double that. 50,000 people have died of COVID-19 that have been vaccinated. (laughs) Come on, folks, listen to this. If Donald Trump was in the White House and this was going on, he would be impeached. He would be sent packing. And they would even try to, after he left office, to prosecute him for criminal activity and put him in jail. This is happening on Joe Biden's watch, 100% of it, 100%, and it's not done. You mean there's more? We tell you fairly often as well about the UDRA Vigilance Database. Now, what is the UDRA Vigilant Database? Well, it it does the same thing with its numbers of disease and vaccination and adverse effects as does the CDC for countries over in Europe. So their report's not through July the 9th. The latest numbers we have are through July the 3rd. What does Udra Vigilance say that happened over there? Well, there were only 17,503 deaths with adverse reactions and a direct cause being a vaccination They actually have four vaccines that have been approved over there, AstraZeneca and then R three, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna. 17,503 deaths and a low, low number of uh, injuries. Only 1,687,527 were reported following injections of the four experimental COVID-19 shots. And does anybody legitimately question why there are people here who are so hesitant to get the vaccine? And have you heard the last week or two? We promised you several months ago this was coming. More and more private entities are forcing employees as a condition of employment, forcing their employments to be vaccinated, Have you wondered about that? I wonder what Joe Biden thinks about that. Have you have, have you wondered? What does he think about it? Well, yesterday, he happened to weigh in when he finished a short speech and he was walking off the stage. Listen to this back and forth.
2: I have to seek permission to leave. I have to check. You notice. Thank you again. President Biden, you <laughs> require Thank you. For thank you for your pardon?
3: Will you require
2: it's under consideration right now, but if you're not vaccinated, you're not nearly as smart as I thought you were. Are you concerned that the CDC flu mask guidance could still confusion? We have a pandemic because of the unvaccinated, and they're still in enormous confusion. And the more we learn, the more we learn about this virus and the build of the variation, the more we have to be worried and concerned. And then only one thing we know for sure, If those other 100 million people got vaccinated, we'd be in a very different world. So get vaccinated. If you haven't, you're not nearly as smart as I said you are. Thanks.
1: If you've heard the stats that have been released of yet, when they talk about new infections, every news outlet, every one of them, every mainstream news outlet, when they report all the new infections, they say this, oh, this is almost totally... COVID-19 infections among those who are unvaccinated, unvaccinated, unvaccinated. It's false. In our own state, in Louisiana, our media in southeast Louisiana, they messed up. They started reporting three weeks ago, in two days, in 48 hours, over a 1,000 Louisianians were tested COVID-positive. And they reported that 60% plus of those infections were among people that had been vaccinated. And then they quit reporting those numbers that way. Why is that? Why is that? And by the way, you heard Joe Biden say coming off the stage there that we have a pandemic, but he called it a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That unvaccinated people We're not as smart as he first thought we were. Do you get the drift? Do you get the elitism in the way this is going? If you get vaccinated, you're one of the cool dudes and dudettes. Or can you even say that anymore? Is it all dudes? We can't say dudettes? We can't talk about gender and anything? Oh, my gosh! you don't even know what to say anyway, all that being said, this elitist thing is it's only cool if you take the jab if you want if you want to be accepted in places like Hollywood, oh yeah, and if you want to be accepted in washington d c if you want to play the games with all of us who are better than all of you, the only way to join the circus is to come learn how to be a clown. And we'll teach you. And the first thing is you've got to listen to us and do everything that we tell you to do. No facts. No justification. No reality. No even sharing nationally of any of the information that you already have. And yet you're telling us we're stupid if we don't just benignly and blindly trust you and do what you tell us to do. When the facts are there in places like Truth News Network, and listen, we're giving you all this stuff, I can promise you this. We only have a very small portion of this information that they have all of. So we'll end this segment with this. What's their purpose? What is the purpose of for a President of the United States to purposely hide information that is critical to the lives of every one of us 330 million Americans. I mean literally life and death. What's being hidden? What are they trying to steer us to? I mean, folks, I'm just going to throw something out there just for you to think about. I'm not trying to scare anybody. Believe me, I don't believe this is factual. I don't know. I will tell you this. I don't know that it's not factual, but it's been around for a long time. Eugenics. The founder of Planned Parenthood came to the United States to find a way to do away with unwanted people. And her definition of unwanted people were people that wouldn't contribute to the society. Sounds a little bit like Germany and Russia. There are people to this day that are promoting population control. The Chinese forced sterilization, forced abortions, picking how many babies any family can have and passing laws and actually executing and forcing abortions among people. that's always been in existence throughout human existence. It's been there from the beginning. Do you think that our government is trying to push that on us? People like Bill Gates, they've been preaching it for decades. One of the most wealthy people in the United States in the world, Bill Gates. The Gates Foundation, they've been spending money around the world doing research on those exact things. I'm just throwing it out there for you to contemplate. Of course, if and when we ever get data that will confirm any of that, you can bet we'll bring it to you. It's a sobering thought to think that anybody, anybody in America would think about doing something so sinister. But I tell you what, when I look at things and I try to find reasons for them, I always try to find one or two or three or four things. I don't want to stop at one. I want to find some things that I can compare and get some evidence on all of the possibilities of whatever this thing is I'm looking for. And then I make an educated decision. I'm finding it really difficult to justify the fact that this government led by this guy, this president, Joe Biden, with all of this really serious and negative information about adverse effects from the vaccinations and the fact that in large part now it seems like the vaccines are ineffective. And, oh, by the way, let me throw this in, this Delta variant they're trying to scare you with, there's one behind it already that is far, far worse than Delta Some experts in South America, it's in Peru right now, they say it's 100 times worse than the Delta variant. It's headed this way. If it happens anywhere on planet Earth, it's going to show up here eventually in the medical world, in disease. It just happens. And when you have open borders, when you have verified through your Border Patrol and ICE that we thought and we were told that all these illegal immigrants, over a million now have come in on Joe Biden's watch, We are told they're coming from the Northern Triangle countries, El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, and some from Mexico. And we find out that of those that have been accosted by Border Patrol coming in, they're coming from 91 other countries. 91. Not four. We have no clue what's already here. We have no clue what's coming other than to say this. We're darn sure. That what's bad, what's bad in disease, what's bad in infections, it's coming. No matter where it starts in the world, if it's not already here, it's on its way, folks.
2: Hello? Hello, sir. I hear you having problems putting together your new kitchen unit. Oh, yeah, uh, the instructions say the that What now? The instruction manual. It makes absolute... Stop reading that. Well, what would you suggest I use? I suggest you use the fact you're a man. Guys who got pride never relied on no guide, sucker. I'll give you some step-by-step
3: instructions. (laughs) Buy Snickers, remove wrapper, bite chocolate, and get some nuts.
2: Go to getsomenuts.tv for more Snickers man coaching.
0: Long live the courageous. The tenacious. The ones who push forward and give back. Long live the greater good. The helping hand, those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last. Our next Starbucks customer is Ron. Hello. Strictly espresso, in and out, except during the Christmas season. Uh,
2: I have a list. When he turns into Uh, Santa. A venti. Iced White Mocha Triple Shot. He's getting stickers for the new Starbucks Philippines Planner. Uh, 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 grande Toffee Nut Latte. It's made by Moleskine? This is wow, right? Venti Green Tea Cream Frappuccino. Hey, uh, you got all the stickers. No, no it's for my wife. I, I understand.
0: The 2016 Starbucks Philippines Planner by Moleskine. Promo runs November 2 to January 7, 2016. For DTI FTEB SBD Permit number 10616. Series of 2015. In a world of sizzle over substance, in a world where the evidence doesn't stand taller than the agenda, in a world where the facts are not compelling enough to convince, you're enrolled in a university of reality. TNN, the Truth News Network. And again, Professor Dan
1: Newman. I'm the professor on this particular day. I am not the guru. I don't claim to be that. I'm a fact finder and I just share as we do at TNN Live and at truthnewsnet.org. We share what we find out factually, good and bad. And so as you know now, CDC, it may surprise you. It may have surprised you yesterday when you found out that they've changed the mask advisory one more time. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Rochelle, Dr. Walensky, she yesterday blamed for this mask-changing thing, she blamed unvaccinated Americans, not the CDC, for having to, in her words, reinstate the mask guidance. Could have been avoided, she said, if more Americans had become vaccinated. We still largely are in a pandemic of the unvaccinated, she continued, the talking points, their masters at sending that information out, unvaccinated pandemic after she noted that majority of transmissions occurred in the U.S. came from unvaccinated individuals. I haven't verified that fact yet, by the way, and I'm going to find the facts and it won't surprise me, may surprise you, but it won't surprise me if I get to the facts, and I will, I'll find out that that's not true. Hmm. This pandemic continues to pose a serious threat to the health of Americans. Her comments came as the death rate is near the lowest it's been since the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> oh, you're going to die. you got to put a mask back on. We're going to put your three-year-old toddler in a mask so they can puke in the mask. And you're, you're going to scare them to death and so they won't take the mask off. We've already seen that happen. We've heard testimony of those in schools in which young children were Petrified, so petrified they would not take their mask off. She said it's a dynamic situation now. It's a work in progress. It evolves like in so many other areas of the pandemic. That's Dr. Anthony Fauci. You got to look at the data. Of course, they won't give us the data. They give the little hand picked pieces that they do. If they were credible, if they were honest, if they were real leaders, and I'm talking about Walensky, Fauci, I'm talking about Uh, Joe Biden, I'm talking about. Nancy Pelosi, I'm talking about Fox News and MSNBC and CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times, NBC, CBS, ABC News. I'm talking about all of them. If they would give us just the facts, okay, forget about that. Don't even tell us what the facts are. Give us the data. Give us the data, the real factual information. And let us analyze it and decide for ourselves. The New York Times, here's an example. They first reported that federal officials met on Sunday night to review new evidence that may have prompted the reversal and that the new guidance would mark a sharp turnabout for the agency's position since May that vaccinated people do not need to wear masks in most indoor spaces. So did you get what they said there? Federal officials met on Sunday night to review new evidence. What new evidence? Where's the new evidence? Did anybody say, okay, we're going to reinstate a mass guidance policy, and here are the reasons why. Here are the numbers. You see why. Did they do that? They've never done that. Why don't they do that? They don't want you to know what the real numbers are. They want to keep you dumbed down. They want to make decisions for you and scare you to death. So much so that you're going to do what they tell you to do because you don't want to die. And they tell you, if you don't do what they do, not only you, but everybody you breathe in the same room, the same air, you're all going to die. When one White House reporter Fox News, you know who that is. Yesterday asked Jin Saki why vaccinated individuals got to wear masks. Saki said the recommendations were due to the transmissibility of the virus." quote, "Because the public health leaders in our administration have made the determination based on data, That is a way to make sure they're protected. Their loved ones are protected, she said. That's an extra step given the transmissibility of the virus. Do you see what I'm talking about here? They're not giving us any data. They're not giving us any facts. They're giving us nothing that we can verify. Why is that? They don't want us to verify it. They want to keep us dependent on them for information, for facts, for telling us what's safe and what's not. And then Walensky yesterday, she just doubled down on stupid. Here's what she said. Looking ahead now, she's a leader. She's the medical authority. I guess maybe she's somewhere two or three notches under Fauci. And I think personally, folks, that's sexism. I think Fauci is a stone cold sycophant. I think he's a liar. He's a, He is a proven liar. I think he's pathological, and I think he's a sexist because he's got to put all women that work with him in his history, they have all failed. They've never been able to succeed because he always knocks them down a few rungs. He'll do the same thing with the, Walensky, but they don't give us the facts. Walensky said yesterday that getting through this CCP virus, we may be a few mutations away from being able to evade vaccines. Now, I'm going I'm to read verbatim what she said. The largest concern that I think we in public health and science are worried about is that virus and the potential mutations. We have a very transmissible virus, which has the potential to evade our vaccines in terms of how it protects us from severe disease and death. Right now, fortunately, we are not there. These vaccines operate really well in protecting us from severe disease and death. But the big concern is the next variant that might emerge. Just a few mutations potentially away could potentially evade our vaccines. Now, let me ask you a question. Just put what she just said, said this yesterday, following her announcement about the new vaccine regulation or policy that the CDC is putting out, put it in the context of where we're going. She's a leader, folks. She's the head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States, the number one health agency here. Now, what are doctors supposed to do? What are their oaths that they take? Tell all of those around them what they're going to do. It doesn't say we're gonna we're gonna tell you everything to do about your health. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say they're gonna do only surgeries or they're gonna do only disease investigation and research. She talks in this bit that we just gave to you. She talks like We've never had a virus before. We've never had a serious illness before that's transmissible. There are far more cases of the flu and some really serious. You know that. Year in, year out, we get new variations. And some of those kill people. What's different about this one? Oh, it's worse. It's worse, and we don't know what might happen. Oh, my gosh, down the road, we don't know. There could be one, maybe two, maybe even three or four more mutations. So if you don't listen to us, you're going to die. If we don't listen to you, say what? What are you telling us to do to prepare for this? Get a freaking vaccine? You're not telling us how many people are died, how many people are permanently disabled, how many heart attacks happened, how many babies were aborted because of adverse reactions to your vaccine. Give us some facts or just sit down and shut up. We're adults. We're intelligence. We have intelligence. We're intelligent. We can make determinations when we are given the facts, you said there may be just a few mutations away from being able to evade vaccines. On what are you basing that, Director Walensky? What led you to conclude that that was something that is so important you needed to pass that along to the American people? And what should we do about it? None of that came from her. None of that kind of talk comes from Fauci. He basically says, Quit looking into anything for yourself. Don't listen to anybody else, but listen to us. And then time after time, dozens of times now over the last 16 months, dozens of times, maybe even a hundred times or more, we've been told things are factual regarding every aspect of COVID-19, every aspect of our lives living with COVID-19, every single one, And everything they have told us to do has been reversed. Think about that. Every stinking thing, with the exception of one, and what would that be? Vaccinations. Anthony Fauci, Rochelle Walensky, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and even now, Everybody in the mainstream media, including all of those at Fox News, all are in the tank for getting the vaccine. Have you heard Fox News report any of the VARES incidents that we bring you here? Not a single time. Have you heard them talk at all about the consternation in Europe for three of the four vaccines, even some governments advising people no longer to get them? You hadn't heard that. If our government, if our elected officials, and all of those they choose to work side-by-side with them to protect us, if they're really honest, if they're really good leaders, they give us all the information, all the facts, good and bad. Forget about perception. Just give us the stuff and let the perception that comes from it be our own. And let us make our own decisions. I said this to somebody yesterday when all this mess came down about, oh, we're going to mandate, we're going to mandate, we're going to mandate. It's going to happen. I've told you that for months. It's going to happen. They're going to try to shove it down everybody's throats. Enforcement of it among 330 million people is going to be really tough for them if they try to do it. And this is all going to end up at the United States Supreme Court. The best explanation of it all that I've heard, come from anybody that's not a medical expert, Came from a football player, Dak Prescott, yesterday. You know, I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. He was asked by a reporter over the weekend. You know, everybody's getting ready to go to training camp. A couple of teams have already reported. Uh, He's coming off an injury. He's doing well, looking for a big season. And he's right there in Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, one of the biggest in our country. And everybody in that part of the world is a big Dallas Cowboy fan. They stand by breathlessly waiting to see what Dak Prescott's going to say about everything. And so he was asked, what was his opinion about what's going on in the NFL regarding COVID-19 and vaccinations? And as you can imagine, a reporter asking, Dak, have you been vaccinated? Here's how he responded. He said, well, because of HIPAA, Because of HIPAA, I'm not going to answer your question simply because by federal law, everything to do with anything with me or any other American is legally confidential unless somebody is willing and writing to give someone else authority to look at or obtain or talk about my medical condition. And I'm not going to do that right now. There is a leader, a leader on a football team that gets it better than leaders in the specific field that we're talking about, healthcare. He's doing a better job with that than in any of the others are. So, Jen Psaki gets back on uh, the bully pulpit in the White House briefing room yesterday. And as usual, Peter Ducey, Fox News, Steve Ducey of the morning show on Fox News, his son, and he questioned Jinsaki about the necessity of wearing masks if the COVID-19 vaccines work. Now, we're told they're working. We're told every day, if you get the vaccination, you're not going to die. If you don't, you're going to die. Look at what's happening now. We have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We know all of these people that are dying are dying because of their unvaccinated condition. That in the face of we just reported yesterday for the second week in a row, the official COVID-19 reported deaths published by the CDC for the previous week. For the second week in a row, last week, folks, more people died with an official cause of death, COVID-19, and complications from it. More people died of COVID-19 that were vaccinated than people who died with COVID-19 that weren't vaccinated. If the freaking vaccines work, tell us they work, but if they don't, the stats that your agency's putting out and not talking about on these national talk shows or in these press briefings say otherwise. Saki tried to explain the mask provide an extra step of protection given the transmissibility of the virus. When we know, and it was reaffirmed yesterday, uh, over a year ago, we provided to you and published 13 different controlled laboratory tests of every kind of medical mask and even non-medical mask in existence ever used to control the transmission of bacteria or virus. There's only one mask and it's not 100% effective. That's an N95 mask, totally sealed, and you getting oxygen while you're wearing that mask. That's the only one. Saki said, because the public health leaders in our administration have made the determination based on data, that is a way to make sure they're protected, their loved ones are protected. She's referring to the CDC. She claimed the Biden administration would continue to be guided by science, would examine public health data, provide new guidance if needed to save lives and protect the American people. The president, oh my gosh, he's satisfied with the fact that the CDC are continuing to look at public health data and provide public health guidance to the American public about how they can protect their lives and the lives of the ones around them. The data the data. Follow the science. Follow the science. It's anything but that. And then here's another little known thing coming from the CDC. They announced that they are withdrawing the emergency use authorization for detecting SARS through testing. They really did. As a result, clinical labs using it Should switch to a test that can distinguish the coronavirus from influenza viruses. Can you believe that? We're talking about the RT PCR diagnosis panel that they've told us from the beginning oh, this thing works. This thing works. It's the best thing, it's better than sliced bread. And here we are, 15, 16 months into this pandemic, and they're telling us, oh, by the way, it doesn't work. It's not effective. Sorry about that. We've been telling you, follow the science. Get tested. Follow the science. How many false positives have these tests given us? And you guys are reporting positive infections from these false positives that come from the test you told us to take. This is insane, folks. I'm nauseated. I'm sitting here at the studio in front of my computer talking to you, and I'm nauseated to think these people are in charge of the government in this nation. They are sending us straight to hell, and they're doing it purposely. When are we going to say this is enough? When are they going to believe that they've done enough, they can't fix it, they can't get it right, they just need to step to the side and let grown people take over. I can't put it better than this. Listen to this. This comes from an opinion writer who happens to be a Yale doctor. Here's what he said. The CDC is committing one of the most egregious medical frauds in history, inflating COVID-19 instances and in the unvaccinated while concealing COVID cases in the fully vaccinated. As the initial aerosolized bioweapon evades detection, the continuous release of the spike protein through the savior vaccinations, this COVID-19 testing deception continues to confuse the American medical reaction. Dr. Harvey Risch, I have a lot of respect for him. He's a the Yale School of Medicine. He recently called out the CDC for widespread medical fraud. The CDC modified the COVID 19 testing parameters for the wholly vaccinated, cutting the cycle threshold count of the PCR test only for the vaccinated. Why would he do that? More people are going to test and show positive, folks. They need all the numbers, the positive infected numbers to ramp up their political partisan posture in this, you're going to die if you don't listen to us. A physician reveals the CDC's testing and vaccination deception. Dr. Harvey Risch said this, some months ago the CDC stopped counting breakthrough cases and they told us they were doing it. We gave you the report. The last breakthrough case number count we got from the CDC website, a disclaimer last paragraph said, we're not going to do this anymore. Why wouldn't they do that? That's pretty critical. So, of course, those cases don't register with the CDC's official and legitimate counts. And so the great proportion of cases they're claiming are in unvaccinated people. And that's a false statement, folks. They know the numbers and they're purposely hiding them from all of us. According to Israel's health ministry, vaccinated persons account for 40% of new COVID infections. Now, why would it be that way in Israel and not be that way here? If anything, I would say our percentage of vaccinated people getting COVID would be higher than those people in Israel. Why would I say that? They're healthier across the board than we are. Vaccinated persons in Israel, 40% of new COVID-19 infections, whereas previously infected people accounted for fewer than 1%. In addition, people who have recovered from a natural illness have a 40-fold higher chance of avoiding hospitalization from these future variations they're scaring us to death, telling us they're coming. In the United Kingdom, Sir Patrick Vallance stated that vaccinated people account for 40 to 60 percent of new COVID cases, demonstrating that vaccinations fail miserably in avoiding serious sickness in the real world. People's lives are still being destroyed by PCR test fraud and fraudulently marketed vaccinations coming from the CDC. These COVID tests are frequently falsely calibrated at over 30 or 40 cycle thresholds to create, purposely, to create a false positive diagnosis. Additionally, the test can't tell the difference between infectious and dead virus material, so they can provide a false positive even if somebody has recovered from the illness and is therefore um, immune. A PCR cycle threshold of 17 is used to make a more accurate diagnosis, which is then verified using symptom-specific criteria and backed up by another test called Sanger sequencing. On the other hand, most states were opaque about the number of cycle thresholds used to produce COVID cases, and they failed to utilize medical standards to appropriately identify the cause of medical crises. Labs, laboratories, and COVID-19 test firms took advantage of cash sources and committed fraud rather than following the scientific norms. Where is the follow the science, Joe? Where is the follow the science, Dr. Rolinsky? The COVID-19 diagnosis became the final determinant and leading cause of death for people who died from other causes. Like we talked about with Todd Breeland on the phone a minute ago. COVID destroyed the flu. There's no flu in America anymore. Why is that? They're calling everything, especially if it's respiratory-related. Oh, you got COVID. You got COVID. This COVID-19 diagnosis was also used for people who were either moderately ill or healthy, subjecting them to bogus quarantine orders, contact tracing, which illegally imprisoned and rob people of their liberty while also shutting down entire businesses and enterprises. After decreasing the cycle count for the inoculated, guess what? Case numbers have dropped. That, of course, was expected. They were telling us, oh, it's dropped. Why? Because... We're kicking this thing. Americans are getting vaccinated. No, nothing changed except the count. (laughs) The count and the test, folks. These are premeditated deceptions. The CDC claims that unvaccinated people are to blame for the ongoing epidemic, whereas the vaccinated are still getting sick, needing hospitalization, developing new health concerns such as heart inflammation, blood clots, and stroke And guess what? They're dying. People who are adequately treated, on the other hand, will develop immunity that is 40 times more durable, allowing them to avoid hospitalization in the face of mutating strains. You know who we're going to get back on the show? I'm going to try to get him on tomorrow. If not tomorrow, then on Friday. Dr. Fleming out of Dallas. Remember we had him on several weeks ago? He's brilliant. He is nothing but a research physician. This is his specialty. He doesn't even have a practice. He commits all of his time. Now, he will work in a lab setting. He will do adult trials. He does do that, but he's not practicing, and he is all over the facts of this. It's time, it's time, folks, that we get the truth on the table, and we also expose the lies, and we expose the liars. Americans deserve the truth. This is life and death for all of us. We gotta get on the other side of this and whatever it takes to get there folks, I'm committed. I'm gonna get there.
0: Car's all yours. Thanks. Cars.com's expert reviews made it easy, but. Shouldn't there be more back
2: and forth? You missed the drama, right? Yeah. Maybe this will do the trick. (laughs) it's a puppy. Not a puppy, a wolf. What now? He's a wolf and that is its incredibly protective mother. down you guys good yeah Yeah, we're good okay
0: get the right car without all the drama cars.com all drive no drama what are you doing should we pick him up he has
2: bud light he has an axe but he has bud light and an
3: axe i'm sure there's a reason for it hey buddy what's with the axe it's a bottle opener
0: hop in Refreshingly smooth Bud Light Always worth it Look, here's Bud Light Mm -hmm. In a chainsaw
2: When your cable company keeps you on hold You get angry When you get angry, you go blow off steam When you go blow off steam Accidents happen When accidents happen, you get an eye patch When you get an eye patch People think you're tough when people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call one 800 directv tv Hey, what do you want to dot at all? I don't know. What do y'all think we should dot at all? Well, what did we die yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All oh, the dots be like the same doll these days. I know. Like, is today
0: Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. <gasps> oh, no, I forgot to call my mom on her
2: birthday. Oh, no. No.
0: These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: (laughs) I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. (laughs) Ta-da. Well, the Biden administration, folks, they're all up in it. They got it figured out. Folks, they're making sure we got everything taken care of. Like this. One top Biden-appointed immigration official issued a memo last week. Oh, you would think, what what, what did they do? What did they say? What are they doing now to protect us and keep us from uh, getting sick, to keep us from having criminals around us, potential criminals for everybody that comes in the nation that they're not vetting? What are they going to do for us now? In a July 23rd memo titled, Terminology... Acting Director of the Executive Office for Immig- Immigration Review, Gene King. Gene directed immigration judges. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that the Office for Immigration Review had authority over federal judges. Just saying, but anyway, Gene said immigration judges, instead of using terms like undocumented non-citizen. An undocumented individual. Got to change the terminology. She told them to stop using the term unaccompanied alien child to describe unaccompanied alien children, directing them to use terms like unaccompanied non-citizen child and unaccompanied non-U.S. citizen child. How about an illegal kid? The memo references a pair of Biden's executive orders and notes that neither uses the term alien or illegal alien to describe illegal aliens. That's what the law calls it. (laughs) It also points to a couple of Supreme Court opinions in which the justices opted to substitute the term non-citizen for the statutory term alien. Hmm, alien. That's the Supreme Court. They use that term. Why did they use that term? It's in the freaking law. I've used the word freaking three times today during the show that I can think of. Footnotes in this memo also referenced the 2013 style guidance change used by the Associated Press, that bastion of journalism. That guidance from the AP forbids the use of terms like illegal alien an illegal or illegals or undocumented it also points to a 2016 decision by the library of congress to stop using the term illegal alien here's what here's what they said the library of congress said this folks your library of congress quote the phrase illegal aliens has taken on a pejorative tone in recent years and in response some institutions have determined they will cease to use it. After deliberation, the meeting participants determined that the heading Aliens will be revised to non-citizens. The memo notes that the only exception for the new language mandate is when Quoting a statute, regulation, legal opinion, court order, or settlement agreement. You know, when you quote the law, just you can use and say what the law says, but when you're not quoting the law, don't you dare use the A word. A guy named Andrew Arthur, who was a former immigration judge and now a resident fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, wrote that King's directive said an extremely sinister precedent. None of these changes has any basis in law or logic for what that matters, he said. Non-citizens is not a word, at least not in a legal sense, because it includes aliens who can be removed from the United States and non-citizen nationals who cannot. So let's put this little memo, let's just put it in context. I think you'll all agree that we have one or two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight or a dozen or five dozen, a hundred, thousands. We have, we got many more things that really get to the important factors of living in America today than for the thought and the speech police in the Biden administration to slap us on the wrist for using the word Aliens, especially when the word aliens is the legal term for talking about people who are aliens. I'm just saying, who am I to pontificate on a subject just like that? And speaking of pontification, if you watch Fox News on Friday, that's, that's Geraldo Rivera's day. Every Friday they have him on the morning show. And they let him pontificate. Well, boy, last night, yesterday and last night on Fox on Several shows, he went nuts, first of all, about the unvaccinated people who are not regularly tested for COVID-19. And he termed everybody that falls into that category as arrogant and selfish. He said, I think the vaccine is absolutely bulletproof against this disease. He said that. This is an educated guy, folks. He said it's bulletproof against the disease, and we know it's anything but bulletproof. People are getting very sick, and people are dying that are vaccinated. How can he term that as bulletproof? Here's what he said about his big city he lives in, Cleveland. We had a lightning storm in Cleveland last night. It was as likely to get hit by one of I was... Likely to get hit by one of those lightning bolts as to get this terrible disease if you're vaccinated. This is a disease of the unvaccinated. So, Geraldo, what you're saying is that all these people who are dying around us, around you as a matter of fact, that the official cause of death is COVID-19 and they've had the vaccination? What does that mean? Well, I can tell you what it means. It means the vaccines are anything but bulletproof. He said in terms of the mandatory vaccines, to say that it's demonization of the unvaccinated, it's not appropriate. You've got to understand that if you're unvaccinated, then you should at least get tested every week on your own or understand why you're banned from the VA, why you're banned from restaurants why you are banned from other businesses and colleges increasingly, and they should be because it's selfish. If you're unvaccinated and you are going around without being tested, you're an arrogant, selfish SOB. And he wasn't done. He said this, I don't believe my body, my choice when it comes to the damn vaccine. I want you to be vaccinated, and if you're not vaccinated, you have to have a reason. Like compromised. Rivera added, I am absolutely in the camp of no shirt, no shoes, no vaccine, no service. And so it is said, Geraldo said it, so it is done. Put that in the law books, folks. There is America's greatest hero, greatest, knowledgeable, most knowledgeable person on everything to do with the law, everything to do with vaccinations. Do you think I'm a tad animated today? Oh my gosh. In the middle of all this, we have real news that's happening. And I'm not diminishing what's happening regarding COVID-19. But there's other stuff going on. You remember Eric Swalwell, Democrat representative from California. He is, um, I think he's probably Adam Schiff's best buddy. You'll remember that Eric Swalwell, it was re- revealed last year, he had a um, operative in his both his California political office even before he was elected to Congress, and then in California and also in D.C. He had a Chinese operative for the Chinese government that was on his staff, technically wasn't, but was involved in all of his political ongoings, and it was discovered later that he also had a romantic attraction and involvement with this Chinese national, and her name was Fang Fang. So last night on Tucker Carlson, had a guest on, Alex Marlowe, who's an author of Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment Media's Hidden Deals and Secret Corruption. Last night, Marlowe said on Tucker... Now, we knew Fang Fang was infiltrating operations within the U.S., various offices and having relationships with up-and-coming politicians. We knew that before she abruptly left the country a couple of years ago. We knew she had an intimate relationship with Swalwell. We just didn't know the extent to which it was intimate. Well, now, apparently, we do. According to a report, which as of now, Swalwell hasn't denied Tucker, this is deep penetration inside the Swalwell operation by the Chinese government. He added, this is a deeply compromised individual. We don't know the extent to which he's been compromised or if there are other spies out there. And he serves on two of the committees in the House of Representatives, in the U.S. House, two of the committees in which all of the confidential secret intelligence information is discussed in classified settings, which means nobody there is supposed to give access to any of what's discussed in these meetings to anybody outside. He was on one of those two committees when he was still involved with Fang Fang. I wonder what she knows. I wonder what she knows. Eric Swalwell, failed former candidate for the presidency of the United States. I know you're going to feel better about what I'm going to tell you right now. This just makes the whole day. This kind of just sums it up. As the Biden administration, they're struggling to get this surging influx of illegal immigrants under control somehow. They have revealed their plan to go ahead and overhaul immigration at our southern border. Now, this new plan comes right after the Biden folks received criticism from a whole bunch of immigration advocates for a statement in which the Department of Homeland Security said they will speed up deportations of certain family units who try to enter the United States illegally between the ports of entry. Now, for people who are law and order folks like me, when this came out of the DHS day before yesterday, I was excited. Finally, somebody turned the light on over there, and they're seeing that this little thing, the rule of law, that the commander-in-chief, their boss, said when he put his hand on the Bible January the 20th and swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States— that he would finally do a 180 and come back and start doing that. Well, over the weekend, a guy named Brian Hastings, who was the Border Patrol chief in the Rio Grande Valley, he tweeted about skyrocketing apprehensions of illegals, saying USBP apprehensions surpassed the 1 million milestone in June. This week alone, the Rio Grande Valley area has apprehended more than 20,000 illegally present migrants. So yesterday's notice from the White House highlights a a five-pronged 21-point plan to address the crisis at the border that's been going on since election day last year when Biden was elected and he had told all the illegals for months while he was campaigning, we're going to open it back up. Y'all get ready to come on down. It's been going on since then. And here we are in July, almost August, And they're going to restructure a 20-point plan to address the crisis. So the blueprint starts by blaming in large part, guess who and guess what? This immigration crisis is Donald Trump's fault. I'm serious. Here's what it said. Success in building this fair, orderly, and humane immigration system won't be achieved overnight especially after the prior administration's irrational and inhumane policies. But, oh my gosh, we got this figured out, folks. This administration has a blueprint to get there, and we're making already real progress. Three decisions made in the opening week of this administration caused this crisis, period. Number one, the first week, the first day in office, Biden immediately halted construction of the border wall. Number two, he reinstated that failed policy of catch and release. And number three, oh, by the way, Donald Trump took the catch and release policy out. Number three, and most indefensibly, he stopped the incredibly successful Remain in Mexico international agreement. The White House said despite the Trump-era policies, they're going to implement a brand-new plan that outlines the step that federal agencies will be taking to continue implementing President Biden's transformative vision for a 21st-century immigration system to secure the border. The administration's immigration blueprint comes after Biden spoke on Monday to the nation's largest Latino advocacy organization, Unidos U.S. through some pre-recorded remarks. Joe's teleprompter wasn't working. They had to do it pre-recorded. You understand. Biden promised to secure a pathway to citizenship for undocumented Americans. My administration will always have your back. He can't say that. He can say it, but he can't do it. No president can't. There have been an, other presidents that have promised the same thing. They can't get it through Congress. Why can't they get it through Congress? The American people don't want to give illegals a free pass. We don't even have a clue who they are, where they come from, what their past is, what their circumstances regarding illegal actions in their government, in their countries that they come from. And they're not going to vet these people. They don't vet them when this rush wasn't happening. Joe Biden does nothing but double down on stupid, and he is extremely successful at doing that. He does that better than anybody else, not in the government that I know. He does it better than anybody I know, period. In any walk of life, the emperor has no clothes. I'm not even going to tell you the story again. You've heard it here over and over again. This emperor, this dictator wannabe, it's not Donald Trump, it's Joe Biden. He's either stupid or he just fakes being stupid. And I hate to say that. I respect the office of the presidency. I want Joe Biden to succeed because if he succeeds, America succeeds. And I want him to succeed and not his political aspirations or what he's trying to do and what he's trying to do has very little attraction to or involvement with the rule of law and governing America as a representative republic that is government of, by, and for the people. That's not at the top of mind for joe biden if it was that's the way he would be governing he doesn't govern that way his cohorts in congress the leaders there of the democrat party chuck schumer in the senate nancy pelosi in the house they don't either the people in his um his leadership in his administration his cabinet members none of them govern that way leaders in the military on his watch don't govern that way. They don't think that way. So what are you going to get if you squeeze a tomato? You're going to get tomato juice. You're going to get tomato. What are you going to get if you squeeze a Democrat? I'm not even going to answer that because it ain't pretty. And on that, folks... We're going to call it a day here at TNN Live. And I know you're glad. And we're going to go out on a happy note. And I'm going to tell you today, find somebody, make them happy.
2: (laughs) It's so important to make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. Make just one heart-to-heart you. You sing to. One smile that cheers you One face that lights when it nears you One girl, you're, you're everything Two, fade if, if you win it Comes and, comes and goes in a minute Where's the real stuff in life to cling to Love Is the answer Someone to love Is the answer Once you found her Build your world around her Make Someone happy Make just one Someone happy And you will be happy too